Good evening. The Bible reading today will be taken from Ephesians 6, 10 to 24. Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 24. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over these present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplates of righteousness. And as for shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God praying at all times in the spirit with the prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ, with love incorruptible. This is the word of God. Thank you, Langi, for that Bible reading. Good evening, church. It is a joy to be together. Um, it is an exciting thing. Last week, we had our celebration Sunday. Uh, so that was just great to see what God has been up to, what God has been doing in our midst. Um, it is uh, such a joy to be Part of the church that's committed to reaching the lost, that's committed to seeing God transform lives, uh, reshape our lives through the preaching of his word, uh, not just there to raise leaders as well. So it was a joy to be uh, together last um, last week. Please don't miss out next year. Um, We are now going to God's word in Ephesians. If you've been with us for the course of this year, we've been working our way through the book of Ephesians. Uh, it has been such a joy, and one of my favorite books uh, that have really challenged me, confronted me, uh, and really comforted me, uh, as, uh, and I hope that it, it has done the same thing to you. Uh, as you read uh, these words from Ephesians, as they remind us of our belonging in God, uh, our belonging in God that has nothing to do with us, but everything to do with God and what he has done. So that's been a joy. Uh, that needless to say, we are coming to the end of that series. Uh, tonight is our last uh, part of um, the series on uh, We Belong. 
Now, Paul ends it off with a bang. He ends it off with um, the question that we should be asking ourselves. So if you remember anything, uh, particularly for the last three weeks, uh, if you remember the last sermon that we had on belonging, uh, we said that there's three things uh, to the structure of Ephesians, three different words that tell us of what Paul wants us to hear. As he encourages the Christians in Ephesus, he reminds them to sit in their belonging, he reminds them to walk as people who belong, and then now he's going to ask us to stand. Uh, Sit in our belonging, walk and do the Christian life like somebody who who belongs, and then lastly, uh, to stand. Uh, He reminds the Christians that we are to uh, be standing. Just don't worry about those fireworks. It is Diwali. Um, I don't know about you, but, and this is perhaps what those uh, Christians would have been asking at this stage. Paul, we know that we belong. We know you're calling us to live as Christians, but the Christian life is hard. Uh, I don't know about you sitting here this evening. You guys look spiritual, but often, I don't know, I feel like the Christian life often is hard. Uh, it, is, it feels like sometimes I'm faced with weaknesses in my own life uh, where I hear God's word, I know what it means to be a Christian, but it's just difficult to pull it off. It is hard, isn't it? Uh, not just uh, your own weakness, but the, the, the challenges of living in this world uh, that pushes back against you. Uh, I was privileged to be with someone who is in the corporate space uh, two weeks back and being in the office space, and I'm like, wow, like for a guy who hangs out um, in a secluded environment, uh, which is the church, I'm, I'm here with full-time Christians, guys who get paid to be Christian. So I, like, I don't know what it's like to be in, out there in the corporate space, and it just seems like a challenge. Uh, so not just your weaknesses, but the, weak, the, the challenge of living in the office space. And then it feels like somebody or something out there is trying to sabotage you. Just when you are trying to live a Christian life, it feels like somebody is pushing back against you. Have you ever felt like that? You haven't. Obviously, you are a good Christian. It feels like the Christian walk, if you ever get an opportunity to watch the the story of Mike Tyson, that you begin, <laughs> he started, I think he must have been 19, and he was knocking guys, uh, 35-year-olds, big guys. Uh, he was doing well in his, in his, um, in his uh, career. Uh, Mike Tyson was a beast of note, the scariest of boxers. But one of the saddest moments was his last, his last fight. Uh, he went blow by blow with this uh, big guy from Ireland, and by round five, he was just giving in. Uh, and by round six, it was, it was done, and so was his career. And the, I think the interviewer was spiteful, and he, was, he kept asking him, uh, what did you think when you were in there? Did you think you were going to win? And he's like, nah, man, I'm just doing it now to feed my family. I was just in it, but I knew from the word God that I had given up. Uh, so are you going to come back to boxing? No, I don't think I have it in me anymore. I'm just going to I'm just going to uh, give up. I don't have the ferocious uh, spirit anymore in me. Sometimes it feels like you start off well and then life gives you a couple of knocks and then you retire uh, you retire yourself. You want to hand in the towel. It feels like somebody is beating you. Maybe you're there at that space, maybe you'll get there. And that's why Paul as he 
preaches this message, as he sends this letter to uh, these young Christians, he reminds them, sit in your belonging, walk as if you belong, but finally, finally, stand. Have a look at verse 10. As they gathered in that mud house, perhaps, uh, as they are squeezed in, squashed in on this, in this room, Paul says, finally, after I've said everything, this is what I want to leave with you. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his, uh, in his, of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Verse 13, therefore, consider all of that. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Somebody say, stand Notice the repetition of that word stand. Have a look at it uh, uh, across the, 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 the scripture there. He goes on, on and on and on saying stand. You'll be able to withstand uh, the, 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 the schemes of the enemy. On and on and on. Uh, he gives this idea and this posture of standing. Now standing doesn't necessarily in this context mean uh, to just keep on walking. But it seems like in the Christian life, as you keep walking the Christian life, you're going to encounter war. It's going to be war. And it is going to feel like war. And the thing about war, we've seen in the news, that war does not look nice. And sometimes the Christian life is not going to look nice. It's going to look ugly. And when you get to that, as you live the Christian life, what is going to be the thing that you hold on to? Well, Paul reminds the Christians that no matter what, you ought to stand. You ought to stand your ground in this war. Blow by blow, round after round, keep on standing. Uh, keep on standing in this fight. And he reminds them that no matter the challenge, you can stand firm knowing that there is one who stood for you and who stands with you. Let me say that again. No matter what the challenge of the Christian life may be, and there's going to be many challenges, no matter what those challenges are, uh, you can stand firm in this truth, knowing that you have one who stood for you and who stands with you. The first time I heard this passage being read was... Yes, if you can, please. Leadership. Red and low, red and low. Uh, can someone please get me water? Um, 2002, I became a Christian, and Pastor Muterwe, uh, he was a school teacher who was preaching at Tabane Apostolic Faith Mission, and he reminded us of the Christian life. And he got to this passage and opened up the scriptures to us and reminded us that it is going to be war. At that stage, I did not know what the war of the Christian life would look like. And at every stage of my Christian life, this passage has been so meaningful that no matter what the challenge, you can stand firm knowing that there's one who stood for you and who stands with you. Let me pray that he will help us as we get into this passage uh, this evening. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for uh, this, your truth. We thank you that it is true throughout all generations.
Lord, as we just even think about where we are right now, think of Midrand uh, and the many who are celebrating Diwali. Remember the Lord Jesus on one night when the Jews were celebrating the Feast of Light, and he reminded them that he is the true light, and that this world is so much in need of you, that whatever celebration we may have ultimately becomes void apart from you. Lord, we know that we live in that world. Um, We know that you've called us to be Christian in that world, a world that is against you, a world that seems to be pushing against us, And so, Lord, we pray as we listen to your word uh, that you would bless uh, this, uh, the reading of your scriptures, uh, that you would illumine our minds and our hearts uh, to be able to stand, knowing that you stand with us. Amen. Um, Three things that we are going to see this evening. Thank you. Uh, Number one is that the Christian life is a challenge, and we kind of have already touched on that. The Christian life is a challenge. Number two, there is one who stood for us and stands with us. And then lastly, because of all of that, we can stand. We can stand. Have a look again. Uh, First point being the Christian life is a challenge. Verse 10, Paul has been working his way, and we're not going to look at uh, that verse that was read, verse 5 to 9. Paul has been working his way since chapter 4, speaking about the Christian life and what it looks like to get rid of the old lifestyle that we used to live and live this new lifestyle that God is calling us to. As people who belong, he calls us to get rid of anger, malice, all of those sinful things, sexual immorality. He calls us to live lives of submission to one another. He calls wives to be submissive to their wives, to their husbands. Um, yeah, amen. <laughs> Devil is a liar. <laughs> and husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church. And again, that's one of the verses I wore before uh, I got married. I wore that as a badge of honor to say, I'm going to love my wife as Christ loves the church. I'm going to give up my life for her. Hey! <laughs> and then life happened. I got into the ring. Mike Tyson said, everyone has an opinion until they get punched in the mouth. Amen. Blow by blow, life happens. And I needed to remember that this Lord stands with me in the fight of life. So Paul calls Christians to live a countercultural lives, the countercultural uh, lives. And therefore, he says, verse 10, finally, after he said all of those things from chapter 4 onwards, uh, he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his mind. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Uh, Paul reminds that these Christians that there is indeed somebody who is working against you. As you try to live the Christian life, there is a real enemy with real powers who is more real than the reality that you live uh, who is opposed uh, to you. Uh, have a look at, let's go back to chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Paul reminded us that this evil one, this one who controls um, activities in this world, who has power in this present age of evil, this is who we belong to before we became Christians. And he wants us back on his team. 
chapter 2, verse 2, and you were dead in the, in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. So you lived a certain lifestyle. You walked a certain way, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. One of the things I've seen in pastoral ministry is that sometimes you sit across uh, situations where you just wonder, like, what has happened here? Uh, the depths of brokenness, and you just wonder, how does a human being stoop this low in terms of their sin? Whether it's addiction, whether it's brokenness of any kind of um, a form, whether it's been abused, whatever it is, where you just wonder, how evil can this world be? And so the Bible reminds us that there is a real power at work in this world, a power that wants us to live opposed to what God would want us to. Uh, this same power is at work in your life if you have not surrendered to Jesus. You belong somewhere. If you don't belong to God, if you haven't trusted in the Lord Jesus and responded to his gospel, this is the same power that is at work uh, in your life. Now, that is who you were, Paul reminds uh, these Christians, among whom, verse 3, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and mind. Now, look at your own life. Have you ever wondered why it is that sometimes you desire God so much, but your passions seem to take over? Your passions seem to just draw you back and back. It is because there is a deeper reality that is much more real than what we know and we can see and we can touch. And that reality is that there's a power that is at work among us. And now we're going to see that God has destroyed uh, that power. But Paul reminds us that we live with a real enemy who's got real power. And he makes this world, this life of a Christian, uh, quite hard. Have a look at verse 16, 16 of chapter, chapter 6. Go back to chapter 6, verse 15. Uh, Paul calls uh, Christians to put on the whole armor of God, to have shoes uh, ready uh, and fitted for battle, having put the readiness given by the gospel of peace. No, that's not. That's verse 16. Verse 16, he says, in which you can extinguish Sorry, rather, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. That this evil one is constantly at work fighting you, uh, trying to destroy you. And Paul calls us uh, to adopt this wartime mindset uh, of not just chilling, uh, of remembering, of standing uh, wherever we are, of standing against the devil's schemes, of standing against the temptation that he throws at us, of standing against, sometimes I don't know whether you experience this, where you're just hanging around and an evil thought comes to your mind, and the devil reminds you that you thought, you thought about it. Why not just continue? How can you even think about that if you are a child of God? Those are the flaming darts of the devil. Paul calls the Christian to stand and to put on the whole armor of God as they fight against this real enemy who's got real powers, who wants you to come back to his team, who wants you to not live a life that is pleasing to God. 
uh, this, the reality of the Christian life is that you will experience this. Uh, amen. Maybe you, you guys look like you, you got this on lockdown. Uh, you are standing. You are punching. Uh, a couple of years ago, I, I was a new gospel worker on the university campus, again, filled with all zeal to serve the Lord Jesus, filled with zeal to call young men to live for God. And we, on this particular day, had a fire Bible study. <laughs> Those Bible studies where we walk out convicted that, man, we got to step up as men and live the Christian life. And I think it was particularly talking about lust and how we're going to fight against lust. Lo and behold, we finished our Bible study, stepped outside, and we stepped into the campus. And on this particular day, there were ladies who were not, um, who had forgotten to put on uh, their whole armor. Amen. <laughs> now, let me not be, in case you accuse me of toxic masculinity, I am not, I am not saying that. Um, that kind of notion that don't tempt brothers. All I'm saying is, when you're trying to live the Christian life, very, it's sometimes very difficult uh, to do so when uh, you live on the university campus. Amen. You're trying to live, but the devil is uh, firing stuff. It was just a shocking contrast that we just discussed this, and minutes after that, uh, something else uh, that is a temptation to guys uh, was just in their face. And note what Paul says, uh, that as the battle rages, when the battle is raging, when it feels like it is the enemy is too powerful, uh, that we need to remember uh, that we have somebody who is much more powerful. We ought to draw resources from somebody who is much more powerful than us. We ought to recognize that the enemy is powerful and is powerful beyond our capabilities. It is powerful beyond any of our strength to live the Christian life. Therefore, we ought to look to one who's bigger than us. Um, amen. Now, I have a lot of rugby illustrations tonight. Um, <laughs> but one of them is uh, there's this guy who's a commentator. Squidge Rugby, I think. He's, he does some of the best commentaries on on like why the Springboks would win the World Cup. And one of his latest one was just about how the Springboks won three games that looked like they were not going to win. And he analyzes the match, and he gives you all of the good stuff that the Springboks were doing on the day. But he points to this thing, which I think is true of the Springbok. He says when it's all said and done, you, can't, you just cannot understand how they won. Uh, you have to remember that these South Africans are playing for something bigger than themselves. And it looks like when the battle is raging, when it's all hot and they feel like giving up, when they've given everything, it feels like they draw strength from remembering this thing that is bigger than themselves. And they, uh, they go into the, what Bongin Bonami calls the dark place, <laughs> when the battle is raging. But we don't go to a dark place as Christians. We go to a, 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 a place of light. We remember that in our deepest moment where it feels like we just want to give in, when it doesn't look like we're going to win, uh, that there is one, uh, rather there is someone who is bigger who is fighting on behalf of us. And this leads us 
to our second point, that there is one who stood for us and who stands for us. And I think that is the point of our series. If you've missed anything, you ought to remember that no matter what challenge, remember where the action lies. Remember where the action of your Christian life lies. That very often God calls you to remember what he has done before he calls you to do things. Amen. That sometimes the Christian life, it is comforting to know that it is not all dependent on you. Because if it is, you are stuffed. You and I are stuffed. We cannot live the Christian life. That's why in verse 10 he says, finally be strong. Be strong in what? Be strong in your Christian faith? No. Be strong in your accountability partner? As good as it is to have an accountability partner? No. Be strong by looking inside and finding motivation? No. He doesn't say that. Be strong by, and this is one of my favorite, this is what we do. Um, we watch motivational videos that remind us that you can do it today. I don't know if you do that in the morning. That's okay. But that's not where your strength comes from. Your strength does not come from reading atomic habits and suddenly transforming your life. Amen. As good as it is to read those self-help books, it is not enough to change your life. Uh, you ought to understand uh, that the graces that God has put in your life are the graces like your accountability partner, the graces like coming to church, are all work because God is at work in our life. And when the enemy is fighting up against you, my favorite line from the series Suits, um, Harvey says, when, when someone draws a gun and points it to your to your face, what do you do? Somebody? You take out a bigger gun. There's someone who watches good series. You take out a bigger gun. And our gun is none other than the Lord Almighty. Amen. Finally, we are strong in who? In the Lord. In whose strength? In his strength. At the strength of his might. And we put on whose armor? His armor. We put on the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, day in, day out, in our struggle against sin. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the scheme of the devil. Against the challenges of lives, life, we go back in remembering that God has achieved it all for us, that we belong because of his power that raised Jesus from the dead. Paul earlier on said that that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that is at work in your life. If you feel like giving up, just remember that, that there is power at work in your life. Amen. The power that raised Jesus from the dead works in your life to fight against any addiction, to fight against any sinful inclination, to fight against any unforgiveness that you're harboring in your heart. Whatever it is that you're fighting against, uh, there is power at work in your life. Uh, the old hymn that talks about being strong in the Lord, it says, I am weak, thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk. Let me walk close to thee. May that be somebody's prayer this evening, that I'm struggling, Lord. Let me walk close to you. Amen. Let me just walk close to you. There was that Stwana, I don't know if it's Stwana, him, 
chorus it says like just pull me up lord i'm i'm sinking help me to stand amen that there are times in our life where you say that just as close i walk with thee granted jesus is my plea daily walking close to thee let it be dear lord let it be may that be the prayer of my 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 heart and your heart it reminds us that whatever it is that challenges that we're facing our strength is in all that God has done. Another hymn says, I am weak, thou art mighty, you are mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. Help me walk this lock of faith. Put on the whole armor of God. Again, if you're thinking, yes, I gotta go home, try harder. Stop, stop trying harder. Start remembering what God has done for you. Start remembering that God has achieved it for you. He's destroyed the powers of the heavenly world. Come with me to Colossians, um, where, which is a, a similar letter to Ephesians. Uh, Colossians has a similar structure to the book of Ephesians. Some commentators say um, that it was one of the church, letters that were circulated around um, that Paul uh, presented to the churches. Chapter 2 from verse 6, again, Paul urges them to live the Christian life, reminds them of the conquest of Jesus the Messiah, the one who stood for us, who fought for us, who conquered sin for us. My favorite hymn nowadays is, I know that, what is that song that we sing now? You've already won. Yes, he's already won. And that's what we remember in our time uh, of difficulties. Chapter 2, verse 6 of Colossians. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Notice the similar, same language. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Go back to the same gospel that saved you. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, there were those who were saying, maybe if you just try harder, maybe if you just embrace uh, this particular way of life, maybe if you just denied your body more and more stuff, you would be able to live the Christian life. If you just fasted more, your faith will be transformed. I wonder if you've had those kind of messages. Paul reminds us that the gospel is a thing that we go back to. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirit of this world, of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And you have been filled in him who is the head of all and of all rule and authority. He reminds the Christians that the same Christ who is head over the church head over the demonic forces of this world, is the same Jesus who dwells in you. Isn't that encouraging? That Jesus, who defeated everything, dwells in you. He elevates the status of Christ to remind us that this Christ is the one who is at work uh, in, in us. For in him, the, in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all and rule of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with the circumcision made without human hands. 
He reminds us Christians that the Jewish way of life of emphasizing circumcision, of emphasizing human tradition, is not the thing that changes life. What is the thing that changes lives? It is the circumcision of the heart. It is when God transforms our hearts from the inside out. He reminds them in him also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without human hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also buried with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead, and you, who were dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven all our trespasses. He stood with us to get rid of all our shame, all our trespasses, by canceling the record of death that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. When he did that, verse 15, he reminds us that the battle was won against the enemy. The battle against the enemy was won at the cross for your life and for my life. That when God looks at us, he says, my child, you belong. I fought for you. That's the thing that you need to remember when you are faced with challenges, that he stood for you. And he stands with you through his spirit. Verse 15, he disarmed the rulers and authority and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. And the footnote there says it can be either translated in him or in it. In other words, your victory was won in Christ. Your victory was won through the cross. Amen. The victory is won. God has defeated the evil one. It is again like that picture of that rugby uh, final in 2019. Forgive me, I've been watching too many rugby uh, things. Remember in 2019, as Cheslin Kobe scored that last uh, try, as we all knew that it is finished. <laughs> We've won this thing. As you saw at the camera turning towards that engraver, as he was engraving South Africa on that thing, it was such a beautiful moment. The game was not done yet. They still had to give it their all, but we knew we had won. Amen. We knew that the name was written on that cup, and nothing could change it at that stage. And that is the same with the Christian life. Amen. That we live here, we fight a battle that has already been won. Do you still need to be in the game and fight? Yes, you do. Has the battle been won? Yes, and sometimes that is all you need to hold on to when you are faced with challenges, that the battle has already been won. It has been won by God. Therefore, we put on his armor, and I'm not going to go into details on the armor of God. It is basically a picture of a Roman soldier with different attire, and Paul uses different aspects of the gospel and of the graces of the Christian life to say that that is the strength that you ought to hold on to. It would be the same as using a modern soldier and saying, wear the, the, the bulletproof of righteousness. Wear this bulletproof that says you belong and you are accepted by God because of all that he, Christ, has done for you. When the devil comes against you, sometimes that is the only thing that you have. What do you have against him? Perhaps a gun. Take out your big guns. What are, what are your big guns? To say, I know who stands in front of me. I know who is fighting with me. 
and therefore I can still fight on. Amen. I don't know if you feel like giving up, but God would remind us that we put on not our armor, but his armor. What is his armor? It is the gospel. It is remembering and going back to the truth of the gospel, to the graces that he has given us like his word, to daily meditate upon it uh, so as uh, to remind ourselves of these truths. Because very often, what makes us give up, what makes us not continue, what makes us lose heart, is when we forget all of these things, when we forget that you belong to God. I'm going to use another rugby illustration. This next illustration is meant to just be a flex, right? So as the spring box, because I have friends in high places, when the spring <laughs> when they were parading their trophy, uh, just remember they sponsored by FNB, and so I I have friends in high places if, uh, with FNB. I have a picture with the CEO. Uh, he's my friend. Um, not really. <laughs> uh, but this guy just happened to. We ha- I happened to call him and say, hey, I want to hang out with you uh, just to meet up. And he says, well, I'll see, because these guys are coming on Thursday. Was it, I think it was a Thursday. So they're going to pass by Bank City. So I, I, I want to see what it's like, what times look like. So I'm like, wow, I wish I was an F&B employee. Royden, let's up our game. <laughs> anyway, um, he calls me and he's like, listen, you know what? I have tickets, actually to go see these guys at FNB. I'm like, great. How many do you have? Um, I'm one of those guys. If you give me a hand, I'll take the whole arm. Um, so he got me an extra ticket to uh, give my friend Grace, who loves uh, rugby more than I do. Uh, so we get there, and we have this thing um, called ESCO as part of the uh, ESCO. And as we walked around, I felt like a king. I've never felt like a king. Because, <laughs> like, the normal people had their own turnstile, and they were being shouted at by the security. Hi, hi, what are you doing? <laughs> turn, turn, you said, did you sign in? Did you sign in? And then here we are, we came with just a little badge, and they're like, oh, say, just come this way. And they opened those uh, gates next to the turnstile, and then we walked in, and we sat just there in front of the, uh, the field, I knew I was a king when Kaiser Chiefs, who are, whose home ground FNB is, had to sit behind us. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Listen, we've made it. We belong here. Uh, I don't know anyone here. I am an FNB subscriber, but this kind of treatment I can get used to, uh, used to it. As I go to the bathroom, the regular employees of FNB are like, who are you and how did you get access? I'm like, I know a guy. I know a guy. Amen. Sometimes in your Christian life, you need to say, I know a guy. Amen. <laughs> and one of the things that I realized about this mindset of not fully embracing your belonging is that sometimes you have full access. You have that tag around you, and you have access to everything. And that's me on that day. Um, I remember the marketing lady going towards the field uh, to go interact with the Springboks. Now, because I didn't have the mindset of belonging like she did, I didn't know that because of that access, I was able to also walk the field. And that's a picture, isn't it, of our mindset, that sometimes you, 
belong to God. You have all the access to the Almighty. You have all the power working in your life. But something reminds you that remember who you were. Remember how you don't have it together. How can, you, how can you even call yourself a Christian when you think those things? And it is this thing that Paul reminds his Christians to put on the whole armor of God, to remember the gospel of Jesus Christ in our toughest moment, to remember that we know a guy, and that guy has given us access, and no one can chuck us out. And because of that, we can live the Christian life with that confidence that I know I've failed, but I can stand. I can stand um, in this Christian life. I can stand because I know who stands, who stood for me, and who stands with me. Amen. Let's end it off uh, by just laying out some of the ways in which we stand. We stand by remembering that we belong. Uh, we stand by confessing our belonging pushes us because I belong and I have full access to God. I don't have to live for the opinions of people. And because I don't have to live for the opinions of people, I can actually go to Ezekiel and say, dude, I blew it. I blew it once again. Please pray with me. Sometimes that is what it looks like to stand firm in our belonging. Sometimes, and I've been in these spaces where it just feels like no matter what you do, like it is just tough, man. And you just have to do what the pilots teach you when life is tough. When you experience turbulences, what are you supposed to do? Assume the praise position. If everything goes wrong, just assume the praise position. And sometimes standing feels like that, amen. Sometimes you're just like, I I don't know what to do anymore. There's nobody who's coming to help me. I'm deep and I'm like the devil is just throwing his punches. I'm just going to assume the praise position. Sometimes that helps. Sometimes it is going towards others who are in your community and asking for help. Amen. Sometimes standing looks like seeking for community. And because we don't live for the opinions of men, we are empowered to do so. We are empowered to remember the gospel, to step towards others. Sometimes standing looks like repentance. Sometimes repentance looks like listening to rebuke. Amen. We live in a world where we don't want to be told what to do, isn't it? We don't want other people telling us that we are at fault. Who are they to judge us? Don't judge me, right? That is the mantra of our society where it just feels like I can live the Christian life in community, but as soon as people encroach on my freedom, as it were, I just get angry. No one should tell me how to live the the Christian life or correct me. Sometimes standing looks like that. It looks like remembering that we are at war and your brother is not against you. Your brother has your best interest at heart. Sometimes standing looks like just praying that God hold my hand just one more day. Just so that I can make it one more day. Amen. That is standing. Sometimes standing looks like saying when a friend says to you, let's go to coffee. Everyone knows where coffee is? Of course you don't know where coffee is. <laughs> coffee is the most happening place in Midland. 
They have Mohodu Monday. Um, just for your info, I'm not paid for advertising. <laughs> but coffee is a drinking spot. Right. We live in Jobek. Jobek is the place where you come to make money and blow money. To blow money on sex, drugs, and rock and roll, if that's a thing. And I'm a piano. Um, sometimes standing looks like knowing your weaknesses. Sometimes standing, now there's nothing wrong with going to coffee. Sometimes standing is knowing that, hey, maybe I have a bit of an issue with alcohol. And when friend says, hey, let's go to coffee, I'll say to them, no, thank you. Um, I have a bit of a struggle. I cannot be there and not find myself drinking over the limit. That is what standing looks like, to know our weaknesses and to know that we fight a real enemy. Amen. There's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going there, but I'm saying that some of us are struggling and some of us need to avoid those things. But finally, standing is remembering that I'm, I'm a child and I belong to God. And because I belong to God, he's going to fight for me. And that there is his spirit that is living in me, actively working to fight against sin. And when I don't feel like I can do it anymore, I can turn to him and say, God, hold my hand once again. And that's where Paul leaves this letter as he prays. He says, and praying all times, after putting on the whole armor of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayers, prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints, and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. On and on he goes, he sends his greetings, but he keeps on beating the drum of our belonging. Have a look at verse 23. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love the Lord Jesus with love incorruptible. Remember where we started? We started by saying that God loves us. He loves us into the place of belonging. And he calls us to love others. He calls us to live a life of faith in this world. And whenever the challenge comes... Whenever it feels like it's tough to fulfill the task, we have one who stands with us. We have one who reminds us of this, our belonging. May God equip us uh, as we go into this week for, to live for him and to serve him. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to pray for us. I'm going to pray that God will help us. Our Heavenly Father, we, we are thankful for this, your word. We're thankful for... Um, this many weeks that we've had looking at uh, your word through uh, Ephesians. We thank you for the great truth of your gospel that you stood for us when we hated you, when we are following our own passions and our own desires. You sent your son Jesus to die a death that we deserve, a death on the cross, um, a death of sinners, that you... Lord, through the power of your spirit, you raised him to life. That we were united with him in his death. We were reunited with him uh, in his resurrection. 
uh, that today, Lord, for those of us who are Christians, we know that we are alive because of what Christ has done. We know that we belong deeply in you, in your family, because of all that Christ has done. We know that today your spirit stands with us, lives in us to help us fight blow by blow as we live the Christian life. So please empower us stepping into this week to live for you, to witness for you, to be just aromas of belonging, to not condemn those who do not follow you, but to be beacons of hope and light in this world for your sake, for your glory, and for our good. Through Christ our Lord we ask these things. Amen.